Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Rider Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders Podcast, brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. Hani Amadian is out again today. He is looking to be back in game number for game number two. Uh, he's questionable for game two at this point. We'll have an update uh, later on that. So no, no questions, please, about Hani. <laughs> I'm joined again by Jacob Rude. Jacob, the Lakers are undefeated since you hopped on this podcast again. So obviously, we got a good thing going here. Listen, all I'm going to say is this is a contract year for me, and <laughs> I'm going to be demanding a big deal in the offseason. You're like contract year Trevor Ariza. Remember when that was? I'm very comparable. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Today we are talking about game one of the NBA Finals. The Lakers take it to the Heat after a slow start, just totally flip this game around and just cruise to victory. So the Lakers go up 1-0 in the NBA Finals. Uh, it was kind of a, a funky game for sure, but uh, we're going to dive into that and we're going to get to uh, viewer questions at the end. So uh, be sure to have those ready for us at the end of this this stream and uh, we'll definitely get to those. I don't know if this pod will be overly long just because it was, very, uh, it was a very convincing win for the Lakers. So probably not a ton to talk about in this uh, about this game, but... As always, guys, we're doing these live on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. You can subscribe or you can follow us there. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well, and you can set those notifications that so that you get alerted every time that we do go live after the games. And, of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders, and you can get us live there as well. And then I'll edit these after the fact and throw them up on whatever podcast platform you uh, can possibly find. We should be there. So... All right, Jacob, let's talk about this game. Very slow start for the Lakers, a little worrisome for me. Uh, 23-10, to 10, Miami came out just on fire, no pun intended. But uh, they, I mean, they, hit, they lit it up from the three-point line, jump out to that big lead, and then this game just totally flipped and the Lakers dominated after that. Unironically, KCP saved the Lakers. Saved might be a bit much, but he hit those back-to-back threes. I think it might have been out of a timeout back-to-back threes 
that seemed to spark things in the first quarter. Um, I it was a similar first quarter that the like or for, well game one at least that the Lakers have had these playoffs. I don't know what it is about game ones if it's like a feeling out process. Whatever it is, the Lakers are always kind of this lethargic start to uh, to a series. Hmm. I was a little worried because. Um, you could get away with that against – I mean, you almost could get away with that against Portland, Houston. Um, Miami was going to crush you if you did, and that's what they were doing. But um, I don't know. I mean, certainly KCP sparked something, and LeBron and AD woke up, and I don't think I've ever seen a run like what that team went on between the first and third quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, CBS Sports HQ tagged us on Twitter that from the 420 mark in the first quarter through the end of the third quarter, the Lakers outscored the Heat 83-44. to 44. Pretty, oh my God. pretty remarkable in really any professional sports setting. Like you, Those are numbers you see when like Alabama plays like some high, <laughs> high school go- that, that poses as a college football team. Um, but yeah, in, in a not only a pro sports setting, but an NBA Finals setting for the Lakers to just go on that run was just unreal. I mean, they just played great basketball. We saw a lot of unselfish plays, but like you said, KCP I thought really was kind of the spark that really got this team going. Uh, they were like a like a cold car uh, in the winter time, right? Like they just kind of need some time to warm up a little bit, and then they once they got going, they were just fine. So, uh, but KCP, yeah, really was a spark plug for this team. He really provided them a, a pretty solid lift and his three point shooting was, was key. And really the Lakers as a team shot the ball extremely well from the three point line. And we talked about that last night when we were on here previewing this series about the three point shooting in this series. But another thing um, that I thought really kind of got the Lakers going, Dwight Howard kind of got off to a slow start. He, he did start this game, which was a little bit surprising to me, but not overly surprising. But it seemed like when the Lakers moved Anthony Davis to the five, that's when they really started to take off in this game. Yeah, uh, Raj at Unwritten Rules uh, tweeted the stat after the game. AD ended up playing 23 minutes at the five tonight. Uh, The Lakers had a plus 51 net rating and a defensive rating of 71.4. Is that good? That's that's defense. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think it'll kind of ebb and flow in this series. I think the Lakers really punished them with their size. It seemed like in the third quarter, Dwight turned into like Pau Gasol with some of those passes in the <laughs> third quarter. Um, and they were able to punish him. I still thought Dwight, his first shift in the first quarter wasn't great. There wasn't really anybody that was great in that time period. Uh, his third quarter shift was much, much better. Um, I actually, I have, so in that stretch that CBS Sports tweeted about, the 420 mark to the end of the third, the 420 mark of the first to the end of the third, uh, the Heat were 15 of 51, that's 29%, 5 of 21 from 3. Um, the Lakers were 25 of 52 overall. 11 of 24 from three, which there was a stretch where they were like 11 of 16 or something like that. So even that's a bit lower than what it was. 
Um, they out-rebounded them 39-18 to 18 in that stretch. Um, and if you look at the advanced numbers, I'll have to pull that up here in a minute. But I don't – Pete Zayas, Laker filmer, tweeted uh, roughly during that stretch, I think it was during the third quarter, a lot of eyes are being opened tonight. Um I felt confident coming into this. I certainly would have never. I think I even said that I didn't expect a blowout. I certainly did not expect this, but I was pretty confident with this with this game. Um, this was something on another level, though. This was unreal. Um, yeah, so the advanced numbers in that stretch. <laughs> the Heat had a defensive rating of 137.3. That's not good. You want that to be low? <laughs> I'll say, is that bad? <laughs> uh, and the Lakers had a net rating in that span of 66.1. I don't think you can overstate. This is the NBA Finals, and the Lakers, for the better part of three quarters, two and a half quarters, look like they were playing like a G League team at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like the the turnaround in this game because. I was I was a little worried to you know to start. I, f- I figured the Lakers would settle in, but I was kind of worried that it's like okay, here here's the Portland series, the the Rockets series all over, where we just come out lethargic in game one and we just don't play well. And you know, I, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't gonna panic if the Lakers lost game one or anything, but it's like this is a dangerous team to fall behind in a series because as we've seen. They have not trailed in the in the postseason so far. This is the first time they've trailed in a series, so I'm curious to see how they come out. Obviously, their injuries did play uh, a role in this in this game. Jimmy Butler still played 33 minutes, but did turn his ankle early, pretty early on in the in the game, and um, he was still able to play. You could see he was a little bit hobbled. Goran Dragic, uh, we don't know if he's going to return in this series. He hurt his uh, foot. I think they said it's a torn plantar plantar fascia or whatever. Um, I'm, I, as you can tell, I'm very uh, vested in my medical knowledge. But um, so we don't know if he's going to return in this series. They've pretty quickly said that he was doubtful to return once he left. Uh, that's a big loss. That's a big loss if he's not able to because he's he was kind of causing some problems there at the start, you know, with his dribble penetration and and getting inside the paint and and breaking down the Lakers' defense. Uh, Bam Adebayo also left this game with a shoulder injury. I think it's a shoulder injury he suffered earlier in the playoffs. Um, kind of re-aggravated a little bit, and he did not return in this game, which, of course, I think by the time they got him diagnosed and everything, the Lakers were so far ahead that it didn't make sense to even have him out there. There were uh, Butler, Jimmy Butler was still in the game when it was a blowout. LeBron, AD, a lot, of, a lot of star players were still in the game when it was pretty out of reach, which I wasn't a fan of, but the Lakers got away with it. Uh, KCP was a little banged up in this game. He was uh, getting some treatment on the sideline, but I think he's okay. Um, so hopefully there's no more injuries to deal with because Miami got beat up quite a bit in this game. But the Lakers, by the time I think the injuries really set in, the Lakers had taken control of this game. Uh, I think when they were down 23-10, uh, to 10, we talked about the run all the way through the end of the third. But just from like the last, what is it, 18 minutes, from the six-minute mark of the first quarter through ha- to halftime, the Lakers outscored Miami 55-25. to 25. Like, 25 points in 18 minutes is just ridiculous defense. I don't care who, who is out there. I mean, these are NBA players. 
that's just unbelievable defense. And it was great to see the Lakers really turn that around because their defense to start, they just looked a little slow. They looked a little slow. Uh, they were giving up either basically layups or wide open threes, and Miami came out just blistering hot from the three-point line. But then the Lakers flipped the script, and they were blistering hot in the first half. I think they were 11 of 17 from the three-point line. And if this if this Lakers team is hitting threes at even a respectable clip, I just I don't see them getting beat. It's not even got to be a respectable clip like we talked about last night. I think 30% was the mark. Mm -hmm. If they're going to have a game, I don't know what they ended up uh, shooting by the end of the night, but they're going to have a game even close to what they were shooting tonight. Um, It's over. (laughs) Um, 15 of 38. Yeah, if they shoot 39% from three, this is a sweep. Mm -hmm. Um, Which... If you're if you're looking at like they're not they're probably not going to shoot that well again, um, so in one regard it was important to get the win the night that you're going to shoot like that. Um, there were a couple things that stuck out to me. I, I, and we talked yesterday. I was I wasn't as worried about the guys that could quote unquote unquote could guard LeBron. What I was surprised with is how willingly Miami switched. Um, LeBron <laughs> bullied the hell out of Tyler Hero tonight. Uh, and it was wild how willing Tyler Hero was to immediately just switch on to him. Um, they weren't fighting those screens at all. They were just accepting the switch. Um, they're not going to be able to do that with it's, they're going to struggle to do that with Bam in the game. They're not going to be able to do that with Bam out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, because if Bam is out of the game and LeBron is in the game, he's going to go to the rim every time. Yeah. And we saw tonight, if the handful of times he isn't going to score, he has those drop-off passes to AD, um, Dwight, those guys, as they cut to the rim. You saw a couple times... Uh, AD cut from the corner and would get those passes um, to finish at the rim. I we talked about the size being an issue, and that was that was evidence of that. And they, I think that they're going to have to find a way to play someone, whether it's Kelly Olynyk, whether it's Myers Leonard. I don't really know, um, but they're going to have to play somebody back there on the back line just to be a body to deter that. But I think the bigger problem or the bigger thing for them is that uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to avoid all those switches. They're going to have to fight through screens or something because LeBron just absolutely picked apart Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. He was just getting whoever he wanted, matchup hunting, and just feasting on their defense in that way. Yeah, it almost when. Bam left the game. It almost becomes kind of similar to the Rockets series, where I think LeBron understands. All right, you guys are small and can switch a lot of stuff, um, but they also have those two guys, you know, on the floor quite a bit, and Hero and Robinson. That LeBron says, "Please put one of them on me." And every time, mm-hmm. every time they did, he went to the bucket and uh, didn't finish all the time. I felt like LeBron left uh, some points on the board today, missed a couple of layups, uh, some that he got fouled on, but still probably should have finished. Uh, still ends up with 25 points, 13 boards, 9 assists. How weird is it, do you think, for LeBron to be in a finals matchup that he doesn't have to go against a team that is just outrageously stacked? Yeah, I was 
I was I had a couple thoughts. Uh, one, how last season was the first year in like a decade he watched the finals from home. They mentioned that in the second half. This is the first time I'm trying to think who was the last pre Warriors team. The those Spurs. Um, yeah. The and before that would have been. I mean, Dallas might be the last team that he entered it thinking that they weren't stacked uh, his first year in Miami, mm-hmm. which we know how that turned out. But, um, yeah, it. I'm just really surprised. I don't want this to sound cocky, but I'm really surprised at how easy everything ended up being tonight. Yeah. Um, the Lakers, I mean, you game plan against these teams to take away their strengths. Come or in the regular season, the Lakers got to the rim. Thirty-nine uh, percent of their shots came at the rim, which was second most in the league. It was thirty-eight percent tonight. So, like, they weren't deterred at all getting to the rim. Um, like you said, they didn't shoot particularly well there. But um, if they can get to the rim like they did tonight, and then, I mean, the shooting we talked about. If you have those two things, like, it's done and dusted, and you have a night like you did tonight where. Honestly, the final score was quite generous to Miami because the Lakers dominated that game. Um, if I were – I think Miami has a lot of things they should be worried about after that game. Um, but I think their defense – they couldn't even really go to a zone um, because of how well the Lakers were shooting, which mm-hmm. I still think it will see more zone when the Lakers aren't having their best shooting night in the bubble. But uh, I don't know, man. That The defense, they they rely a lot on Bam. And, I mean, Bam's not even healthy. I, I don't know what his, um, what his long-term prognosis is. But, I mean, it, they got beat up in every way tonight, which was really surprising. I did not remotely expect that type of game tonight. Yeah, neither did I. And we talked about Bam as kind of their their X factor because they're so thin in the front court that he's he's going to have to stand tough against you know AD against Dwight and against Javale. Um, we at least we thought. Um, and if he's out or he's banged up and you know he's hobbled in any way, I mean it's going to be even more difficult because Anthony Davis really just kind of had his way in this game. I mean, he had thirty four points, nine boards. He also had five assists and three blocks plus 23 in the game I mean he was just a monster in this game and you know we talked we t- answered a question about uh his his likelihood of winning finals MVP if the Lakers win this series I think we both said probably roughly like 60 40 in favor of LeBron um I mean he might have tipped the scales a little bit tonight he was he was the man tonight I mean he was just unreal and when he's that aggressive and he's that active he's more times than not, he's going to be the best player on the floor. And you talked about, I mean, having all this time to, to game plan. I mean, there was a couple extra days for each team to kind of game plan for one another. I think we saw a similar kind of thing with the, the Lakers playing the Rockets in game one, where it's like they had extra time to prepare for them, but the way the Rockets play, they play very fast. And I think the Lakers needed a game to kind of get a, get acclimated to that a little bit. And once they did, they figured it out. Not saying that that's what Miami's going to do, but I think – you can game plan for for the Lakers a certain way, but then when you play them and you just see how how big 
you know, the, the length, the, the speed, the athleticism, just that whole combination, I think, can overwhelm teams. And I think that's just what we saw tonight with Miami is that they were just overwhelmed. Like, I, I expected Duncan Robinson to be a problem in this in this series basically every game. Not saying he can't moving forward, but tonight it felt like he was just not even out there a lot of times. Uh, he played 27 minutes, and he was 0 for 3 from the field, didn't score, and was just hunted relentlessly on defense. So I think the Lakers just overwhelmed Miami tonight, and I, I would expect Miami to bounce back. I, I'm thinking game two is still going to be a dogfight. It's going to be tough. You know, I always kind of use the example – of the 1985 Lakers and they got absolutely destroyed in the game one of that NBA finals against the Celtics 148 to 114 and then they bounce back in game two win that game and then they end up winning that series in six uh so try not to I try not to overreact to like a blowout game one win because it can flip very quickly I mean we saw it with the Lakers and Magic as well um well Lakers and Lakers and Celtics in 2010 uh Lakers dominated game one of both of those series, game two against Orlando, they squeaked one out in overtime and then lost game two to the Celtics. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great. Like, this was fun. It was very low stress, which was nice. I would love three more of these <laughs> and get the guys out of the bubble and they can go sleep in their own beds and uh, we don't have to have any heart attacks. But this Heat team has been resilient all year long, so I fully expect them to, to bounce back. Spolster is a hell of a coach. He's going to have adjustments. Um, but... With that being said, I still think if the Lakers play their best basketball or even relatively close to their best basketball, they shouldn't lose this series. No. Um, if, you're, if you're looking at things that are sustainable, as we said, the shooting, you're probably not going to have a better night than this in the series. They probably haven't had a better night than this in the whole playoffs. Um, that's not always going to be there. But I think a lot of what they did defensively will be. Um, they did a really good job. The Heat runs so many handoffs or handoff actions. Um, early on, they lost a couple guys. It's just kind of one of those things you can practice against, but until you really see it, um, it it's hard to really replicate. Um, but the longer it went, the more they were able to get into the flow um, you mentioned Duncan Robinson only had he only had three shots. Yeah. Um, he didn't have any points. Um, they really, outside of Jay Crowder turning into like Clay Thompson in that <laughs> first quarter, they really didn't particularly shoot the ball well. Um, Jimmy had two threes. I would venture to say he's probably not going to do that again. He's not going to go fifty percent from three. Um, Duncan Robinson, I still at some point will get hot and play well. Uh, Hero will probably get hot and have a game. You just hope it's not the same game. But the Lakers' defensive game plan, I thought they executed really well, which has been a something this team has done all season, a calling card of this team all season, especially in the bubble. When this team is locked in defensively, man, like – they are so much fun to watch. They are near impossible to score on. Um, and a lot of what they did on that end of the court is replicable moving forward. Um, so while 
you can point at the shooting and say that's not going to happen again. That's fair. They're going. The size is going to continue to be a problem, whether Myers Leonard or uh, Kelly Olynyk or whoever is in, and they're still going to be able to execute defensively. Um, and none of that's even. I don't know. I mean, I, Dragic says he wants to play. Uh, Bobby Marks tweeted about Joe Johnson suffering the same injury in 2013, and he struggled. He got an injection in his foot each game, but he struggled shooting. Um, I don't know how much he's going to be able to play and how effective he'll be, which is a huge loss for Miami, I think. Mm-hmm. I was honestly really worried about Dragic. Um, he's played so well. He was probably playing the best basketball of his career in, this, in the bubble. Um, if you take away him, ju- it, just taking away him, assuming Bam and Jimmy are um, fine moving forward, like that's a huge loss for them. So I think they're going to bounce back, but this was a demoralizing loss, I think, for Miami tonight. How much – and I think we talked about this a little bit in our, our preview pod, and – I think it was something I saw brought up on Twitter or maybe it was one of the commentators, but it's kind of something that I've thought about with this team. Miami obviously executes their offense extremely well and they have such a balanced attack. How much do you think the Lakers playing the first three series that they did going up against Lillard and McCollum, uh, Harden and Westbrook, Jokic and Murray, you know, most of those guys, I would say outside of probably Westbrook, are kind of insane shot makers where like you can play unbelievably good defense and they can still score from anywhere on the court. Westbrook, I think the Lakers just dared him to shoot and and lived with the results. But I mean, Harden is a guy, Lillard is a guy, Murray was a guy. Like those guys can all hit contested 30-foot bombs on you. No matter like how good of defense you play, you can play great defense and still, you know, they can still hit shots. Butler can do that to an extent, um, but just not to the level of I think those guys. I think part of why we saw the Lakers excel defensively tonight is that yes, the Heat have guys that can make shots and make tough shots. I think Butler's one. I think Hero can. I think Duncan Robinson can hit those long bomb threes that are contested, but not to the extent of those guys. And I think. The fact that they don't have a, t- a guy that can consistently do that really kind of tips, you know, it, it tips the scales really in the favor of the Lakers in this series moving forward. Yeah, you could honestly probably have made an argument either way coming into this, and I probably would have bought it. Like, um, you could have made the argument that they're tougher to guard because there's not one person. Hmm. But I think we saw tonight when you're playing against all those all the players you mentioned, you always have to know where they're at on the floor. So it's always kind of something in the back of your head. Um, When you're running off screens or whatever, you have to know that Jokic and Murray are setting a ball screen on the other side of the court or things like that. Mm -hmm. With this team, you don't necessarily have to be aware of that type of thing. Now, there's a lot of stuff that they still do. You saw the system they still ran tonight. It's a different mindset, and I think it's a bit of an easier mindset. Um, I think in a lot of ways, the teams that they played, more than anything, I think I may have tweeted this. If not, I I said it at some point. But I think the Denver series was really big for them defensively to see a team like that um, Mm -hmm. that runs actions like that to get them prepared for the finals. 
uh, especially now that it's Miami, because um, you have to be focused at all times defensively against Denver, as we saw, or you'll get back cut and stuff like that. And the Heat are a very similar team. I believe they led the league in cuts this season, and they were really good at it. Um, they they may have also led the league in uh, points per possession on cuts as well. So um, it's those types of things that the lead-up to these finals have prepared the Lakers for, that super easy road to the finals they suddenly had. Um, but I would – I think after watching tonight, I think it's probably a bonus or a positive, I should say, that they don't really have that one person you have to always be aware of because it allows you to focus on kind of what's in front of you um, and not have to think about what's going on on the other side of the court, basically. Yeah. Like we said, they've got guys that can make tough shots, but not to the extent of Lillard where it's like, dude can hit a 40 foot step back in your face yeah. like like just otherworldly shot making Miami doesn't necessarily have that but they are very balanced and so it's a different type of approach but I think it's one that typically benefits the Lakers because then they can just focus on playing good solid defense as a team and they don't have to really uh, f- kind of lean their focus on one particular individual or two individuals it's kind of as as a group obviously Jimmy Butler is is know top i would say probably top 15 player in the in the game right now um maybe top 10 i guess depending on how you kind of see him but uh but yeah just the the shot making you know he's he provides value outside of his his offensive ability um as a scorer the the shot making just isn't on par with the dame lillards the james hardens and that's not a slight in you know in any respect like it's uh just those guys are insanely good at putting the ball in the hole so uh but remember the lakers have nobody to guard tyler hero and he was six of 18 in this game so uh russo came in and did a really good job on him because he was he was hitting shots early um caruso mm-hmm. so damn good i i i'm a, he's so much fun to watch defensively um because he is so damn smart like i'm still annoyed at the people who complained about the coverage he got because he is like some I saw somebody tweet but he's played so well that people forgot have forgotten that the Lakers don't have their starting point guard mm-hmm. from the regular season in the bubble um just imagine what how he's playing now paired with how Avery Bradley was playing most of the season how big that would be um yep he's been incredible yeah and he was one of a few guys I think that really helped the Lakers in, in a number of ways tonight. Obviously, you get 34 from, from AD. You get 25 and 9 assists from LeBron. Um, but you had other these other guys step up. KCP ends up 3 for 10 for the game, uh, 2 of 6 from the three-point line. He did hit all five of his free throws. I feel like KCP does not get to the line uh, five times in a game very often. But uh, he, he gives you 13 points. Danny Green had 11 points, but it felt like he had more than that. He was 4 of 9 from the field, hit three of his eight threes. Finally got to see some go through the net, which was really nice, and had a pretty nice floater as well, um, and played really good defense again. You know, Danny Green, as frustrating as the shooting has been, the defense has remained remained pretty consistent all year long, and it's been really, really good. And a big reason why this team is so good defensively. Um, I thought Markeith gave the Lakers pretty good minutes tonight. He had eight points, three of six shooting, hit two of his three threes. Uh, 
Kuzma was one of seven, but I thought defensively he was pretty good in this game as well. Played pretty smart defensively. And with him, that's really all you can ask. Rondo, like these guys looking at some of their box scores, like Kuzma one of seven, still thought he was good. Rondo two of seven, still thought he was good. Uh, he had seven points, four assists, um, and just basically directed the game like you would expect you know, him to do. And uh, really, that's all the Lakers can ask for from him. Caruso was really good in this game, especially defensively, but had some good good cuts and, and dives to the basket. So um, the Lakers got more than enough from the other guys in this game, and I think that's important because the, the question has been asked all year, like who, who's going to be that third guy for the Lakers? And I think the fact that they do it by committee is what makes this team so dangerous. Uh-huh. It, it it's awesome. Uh, Danny Green led the team in net rating again tonight, uh, plus thirty two point nine. His ability to always lead the team in net rating—I don't know how he does it. Um, he's now far and away the leader in the playoffs for the Lakers in net rating at eighteen point four. Um, but yeah, I was going to bring it up because uh, of the guys you mentioned. Rondo was a plus twenty five. Caruso was a plus 21. Kuzma was a plus 19. Um, all those guys, like you said, their box scores weren't great. I mean, Kuzma had a 85.1 defensive rating, which was the best on the team aside from the guys that played at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I agree, he played really good defense. This is a hard team to defend. Um, so you have to really work on that end. Um this is just such a great team. Like all of the talk, I think Kevin O'Connor tweeted this, and it's it's a really good point. Everybody's been so worried about like just sheer talent, like who's the third best player, who's the this and that, that they don't really talk about the fact that these pieces fit so perfectly together, which, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir with um, Lakers fans, um, but – these guys are all – we talked about them being veterans, which I think mattered when they went down um, whatever the deficit ended up being, 13 points in the first quarter. Like, none of those guys panicked, um, and they were able to, to get out of that hole real quick. Um, they're all, they all understand their roles. They're comfortable with their roles. Um, they're smart. They don't really make a lot of mistakes. There weren't a lot of turnovers tonight. Um, there was, there were 12, um, there weren't a lot of fouls, which was huge because the heat draw a lot of fouls mm-hmm. um, and they only shot 14 free throws tonight. So, yep. um, all around, this was just such a great game for the Lakers. You take out that first seven, eight minutes and probably most a good chunk of the fourth quarter. I mean, really that stretch we've talked about was a, about as well as the Lakers have played all season. Yeah, and the crazy thing is they were down 23-10, to 10, and I think LeBron subbed out as part of his normal rotation, and then KCP provides that spark. And then before we know it, the Lakers have the lead at the end of the first quarter. They're up 31-28 to 28 after they're down 23-10. to 10. I think it was a 21-5 to 5 run. And uh, it's just crazy, man. Like this, it's like we said, we talked about preached it with this team all year and how these pieces all fit together and just LeBron and AD and how much how powerful of a punch of a one two punch that that duo is and I think people had really underestimated that duo all year long and you know you're a great team when 
you go into every single series that you face, and everybody says, okay, this team can cause the Lakers problems this way. And then at the end of every, every series, oh, the Lakers, have, this, that was an easy series. Like, they've had an easy path. It's, it's amazing to see the narratives flip time and time again. I'm hoping it happens, honestly, in this series. I, I, like, I don't care what you think of the Lakers' path. The Lakers are three wins away from winning a title and three wins from seeing NBA Twitter having to watch Alex Crusoe hold up the Larry O'Brien trophy. And <laughs> uh, th- those tears will be absolutely delicious if that happens. But we'll see. I mean, I, like I said, I'm expecting Miami to bounce back and for it to be a tough tough game in game two. Um, but, hey, the Lakers are three wins away from not only winning an NBA championship but also getting to leave the bubble and you know go see their their all their family members at home and sleep in their own bed. I think that's got to be a little nice little side motivation as well. And I mean, the heat are wounded right now, you know, with all their injuries. So this Lakers team has shown a killer instinct pretty much this entire playoff run. They have not lost a closeout game. Not that the Lakers have a closeout game, but when they, when they smell blood, they they've done a pretty good job outside of that game three against the nuggets of really going for it. And I would, uh, and especially with game two, you know what jerseys they're wearing. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, buddy. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring up, I mean, you mentioned it. This this game two, I was actually going to use the term smell blood in the water. Um, this is going to be a game against a beaten up team. Dragic, whether he plays or not, is going to, I mean, if he plays, he's going to be hobbled. He's going to have to have a feeling out process. This is a game where you can come out, really kind of smack them in the mouth. And if you go up 2-0 in this series, I mean, we talked before, before, we talked last night or yesterday, we didn't think the Heat could beat the Lakers four out of seven times. Now it's four out of six times. Um, If you come out and smack them in the mouth, you're really damn close to getting a an NBA title because the the margin for error is getting thinner and thinner for Miami and it was already pretty thin. Um and I think the Lakers really made a statement tonight. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Miami responds as well, being that this is the first time that they've been down in a series and there's some legitimate pressure on them because they, they swept um Indiana in the first round. They jumped out 3-0 on Milwaukee in the second round, and then they were up 2-0, um, and then 2-1, 3-1, um, and then 3-2, I think, yeah, against Boston. So they've been playing from ahead in all these series, right? Um, and I think your, sh- your shooting when you're ahead in a series tends to be a little more confident. There's a lot less pressure on you to hit these shots. Now there's a lot of pressure on them in game two to not fall down two games to this Lakers team because like like we said, beating this Lakers team four out of seven times is already an incredibly difficult task. And having to do it, I mean, four out of six is already obviously very difficult. But four out of five, if they lose game two, that's that's a very, very steep mountain to climb. And I would imagine the Lakers are going to be fired up, you know, because they, they, they've said multiple times that they do not want to lose a single game in those Mamba jerseys. That's what they'll have on in game two. And it could be the last time we see them in them uh, for this this playoff run because the only time they're, they're scheduled. Yeah, I don't want to see them again after this. But uh, yeah, if the Lakers can take Game Two, and 
I still think it's going to come down to three-point shooting. I think when – I mean, Miami was red hot from the start. I think they hit like their first four or five threes, and that helped them jump out to that lead. But they end up shooting 31%, 11 of 35. The Lakers shot 39%, 15 of 38. If the Lakers – as long as the Lakers don't get dominated from the three-point line, I I think that they'll be completely fine in this series. Yeah, the Heat can't lose the three-point line, the battle at the three-point line and at the free-throw line. Um, and, I mean, the, there wasn't really a battle. They won tonight. Um, we talked about it as well, looking ahead to game two. Um, we talked about it, about how much they rely on kind of young players. Dragic was really one of their only veteran guards. Um, and that's a... I hadn't realized that they hadn't trailed in the series, so that's an interesting point because um, those lights were already bright coming into tonight, and now they're a lot brighter. That pressure's even more mm-hmm. in game two, a pressure that they haven't had to deal with this these playoffs in the bubble with this version of this team. They're going to have to make – I think they're going to have to make some big changes to their rotation and how they play. Because I don't think they, I think they'd be foolish to basically run it back with the rotation they had tonight. There are a lot of changes and a lot of, um, and a lot of pressure on this team coming into game two. So, um, in a lot of ways, it was really important for the Lakers to come out and get this win. Um, I'm. I'm really confident. We talked about it. It wasn't really that uh, stressful of a game, which was tremendous. It was also a really confidence-boosting win for the Lakers. Um, just stay the course. Job's not done, as Kobe has said. Um, stay the course. You're three games away, and and keep playing like you did tonight. And yeah, it it'd be really hard not to see them as champions by then. Yep. hundred percent. I mean, I think if they rep- just replicate a lot of the stuff that they did tonight in game two, like l- things that you do have some control over controlling the glass 54 to 36 in favor of the Lakers, defending the three point line extremely well. Uh, so Lakers just continue to play solid defense. They stay locked in on that end of the floor. I, I, we we predicted Lakers in five. I mean, it could be it could be less if they play that way defensively, for for every single game throughout the rest of the way. Um, I don't know. The Lakers could just be a bad matchup for Miami. I mean, the Celtics I think don't have a ton of like big bodies um, to kind of go up against Bam Adebayo as well. Uh, so I think I was just kind of thinking of kind of their past matchups. The Lakers just present challenges that a lot of maybe if not all the other teams just can't uh, because of their, their size, their length, athleticism, the versatility, all that stuff. So we'll have to see, we'll see how game two goes, but I think, you know, the Lakers have a pretty good formula for success. And I think as long as, you know, they come out and they play hard, they execute defensively and they just hit enough open shots. I think they're still just going to be fine in, in this series. And as long as AD and LeBron keep being AD and LeBron, uh, I like our chances. I like our chances for sure. So, all right. Anything else you want to add before we uh, dive into some viewer questions and get out of here? LeBron and AD, or well, LeBron still hasn't played, 
or he didn't play over 40 minutes again tonight, I should say. Um, and he still hasn't had to go supernova or anything like that. I'm that's the most impressive part about this Lakers run is that I mean, LeBron's been incredible, but he hasn't had to do what he did in Cleveland to get us to this point yet. So it's still incredible to me. And that's a lot of credit to AD, who through one game is probably your finals MVP. Yep, we're going to have some serious AD discussions if the Lakers get three more wins and and get him a championship uh, because he's a a very, very unique talent that we haven't seen very often (laughs) in this league. So, uh, But three more to go. We'll be focused on just game two, and uh, we'll be here. Uh, I don't know if Hani will be back uh, after game two. I think he's going to... He might have a solution to, to be back after game two on uh, Friday. We'll have to wait and see. But if not, you might see me and Jacob again. So, um, all right, let's dive into these questions before we uh, sign off. Looking uh, just kind of at this chat here. Honey is joining us uh, via the chat. Uh, so, hi, Honey. He did call me Dr. Gary, which uh, just no. Uh, don't, don't ever do that. <laughs> There's already been enough uh, public health concerns uh, throughout the rest of 2020 we don't need to to add that to anybody's list so um let's see we got asked uh does are there is there any concern with the lakers with the way the lakers shot to close the game because they i think they did miss like 13 straight threes i think at one point which i thought was crazy i know they missed a lot but they uh definitely cooled off quite a bit in the second half i mean that was just regression to the mean that was uh the first half shooting like crazy um I mean, they 39%. I was surprised when I saw that's what they ended up shooting because it certainly felt a lot more, but I guess that has more to do with how this team typically shoots. Um, no, I'm not too worried. I mean, I would expect a sort of regression over the course of the game. Um, it We still shot above average by the end, so I wasn't too worried about that. Yeah, I wasn't worried about it either, mainly because it was – basically a byproduct of the Lakers going through the motions because they were up by 25, 30 points. And they were just kind of settling for a lot of threes when they were executing their offense. The threes were in rhythm. They were shooting the ball extremely well. They were crashing the glass, just doing all, all the things that they needed to do. So I'm not overly worried about it. As long as like we've said a number of times now, they shoot even at a respectable clip, which 30% seems to be the bar, which is insane to, to think about but if they shoot threes at a respectable clip they're going to be uh just fine in this series uh we'd have somebody say if bam is hurt they're done uh somebody else said if bam is healthy they're done um <laughs> i i do i do agree though if bam is is hurt i think the heat are in big trouble yeah that's a big if i don't know what it sounds like i mean x-rays are negative i saw that i don't really know they said he had a a injury before i don't really know what it is um yeah i mean in the hypothetical where he's not playing like no, it's all over but that's pretty much the case if anybody's best player gets injured so mm-hmm. yeah i hope he's not injured because i don't necessarily want to win a title like that yeah it's it sucks it, it sucks in so many injuries um you hope that they're healthy you know, you never want to see injury with with any any player, any person. But you know, hopefully, hopefully they're they're good to go. But if they're not, 
if you're the Lakers, all you can do is play the the guys that are in front of you and just not lose focus and just continue to execute the way you need to and and get the job done and all that outside outside noise doesn't mean anything if you're holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy. It really really doesn't. So um, let's see. Lakers fans should know game one doesn't mean that much. I think that is true. Um, you can't read too much in game one. It's always nice to have game one because game two, there's a lot of pressure if you're down a game because not that 0-2 is impossible to come back from, but it's it's a lot of pressure to win four out of five games in the playoffs against anybody, uh, let alone a team in the NBA Finals. I wouldn't say game one doesn't mean anything. I mean, the, the overarching point, from that though is true that we should know that you can bounce back from game one defeats. I would say the counter to that is in our game one defeats, they were close and the problems we had were fixable. Um, this game one defeat wasn't close and I don't know how much – I mean, I think it's a personnel and, as you said, a bad matchup issue for the Heat. I don't really know how much of it is fixable. Yeah. It's you know, it's one of those things that – it's not only that the Lakers are just bigger than pretty much every team. It's that the, those, those bigs are also athletic and they're fast. AD's a unicorn that can do everything. And Dwight is a good athlete, good rebounder, good defender – like they're not just you know stiffs out there, right? Like bigs that just can't move, and they just they're you know just big guys. Like they're mobile bigs. I mean, Javale's a good athlete for a big guy. It's yeah, it just presents different problems than a lot of uh, a lot of teams can present. So uh, it's just kind of one of those things. It might be a bad matchup, but we'll have to kind of see how this series plays out. My boy Richmond says Lakers in five. That's what we said uh, as well. Hani said Lakers in six. So he's got to be uh, a little worried <laughs> after this game that he's going to be 0 for 4 on predicting uh, the games in these series. He's getting, I mean, he, to his credit, he is getting the winner right, though. Um, that would be, that is some stubbornness if he's still going Lakers in six because <laughs> there isn't a lot we saw tonight. That would be, that would have to be two, like, all-time shooting performances for the Heat, I think, to pull out two games in this series. Yep, we will definitely see. Time will tell. Um, this is somebody brought up a point that I actually kind of thought about during the game um, with all these injuries to Miami and how the media treats LeBron and how the media treats Anthony Davis. You know, I feel like before AD became a Laker, it was universally accepted how much of a freak of nature that guy was as a basketball player. And then he comes to the Lakers, and he's only winning because he has LeBron James. And LeBron James is only winning as a Laker because he has Anthony Davis, as if you know it's a crime to have good teammates. Especially after we just watched, what, five years, four years of the Warriors being ridiculously more talented than everybody else. Um, but somebody said, reminds me, the injuries uh, that my, uh, Miami kind of suffered tonight, reminds me of the whole Kawhi best player in the NBA narrative that we, we all had to hear all year without a single mention of the Warriors' injuries in last year's finals. Uh, he says, I wonder if LeBron will get that same respect. Zero shot. No. They will. When it comes to talking about LeBron, like, they, I think they said he was the fourth player ever in NBA history to reach the finals a tenth time, which is insane. Um, but 
the talk if the Lakers win this and Miami is shorthanded. The the media, a lot of media members are going to sell it as, oh, they beat up an, an injured and shorthanded Miami team. And that'll be at the forefront and won't he will not get the same treatment that Kawhi Leonard got. It's such a silly argument. I, I try not to get too bothered by it because every playoff run features the winner gets has some form of luck basically i don't really like using that word when it comes to playoff runs but they have good fortune i guess would be a better way Mm -hmm. um there's injury injuries every year you can play the what if game every season with every title um i i i wish i knew who wrote it but there's some fun there was a fun uh article when people were debating whether this upcoming title would have an asterisk. Um, and this was back during the, the kind of lockdown and somebody went through and listed the last like 20 NBA finals and explained why that final would have an asterisk. Um, you can do this every season. So I agree. There's no chance that we will get that benefit of the doubt, but it doesn't make the, the, Larry O'Brien trophy any less sweet like it doesn't take away anything from the championship so you can say whatever you want about this title but if the Lakers do win it which there's still six games to go potentially but if the Lakers do win it um, honestly I think in some ways this is a more impressive title considering just the odd circumstances around it inside this bubble yeah and I mean, we've talked about it. This is a team that fought hard for a home court advantage and didn't get to use it. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's crazy circumstances, but it is what it is. And if you're the Lakers, all you can do is play the team that's in front of you. You know, I mean, everybody thought it was going to be a Clippers-Bucks NBA Finals, and those two teams got put out. The Lakers beat the team that beat the Clippers, and right now they're up 1-0 on the team that beat the Bucks. So we'll have to see how the rest of this series shakes out, but – um, you know, it is what it is. I don't think you can put an asterisk next to this because every team that was in the bubble went through the same circumstances. The Lakers are, have been without their starting point guard <laughs> throughout this whole process, and they're they're making the most of it. They're making the most of it. Somebody did bring up uh, Warriors' first championship. There was no Kyrie or no Kevin Love, and LeBron took that Warriors team to six. Yeah, I mean, injuries are part of it. You know, it sucks to see, and we hope that these these guys from Miami are, are good to go and they're not seriously injured and they can still play and, and be healthy. Um, but if they're not, all you can do is play the, the guys that are in front of, play against the guys that are in front of you and um, just, just try and capture the Larry O'Brien trophy. It's all you can really do. So, um, And then we'll sign off on this note. Somebody did bring up the fact that uh, <laughs> there's a possibility that an antenna Kumpo gets an NBA championship this year but it would not be Giannis. It would be his brother Costas. Hopefully he will be able to talk about how uh, great it is to win a title with the Lakers to his brother and um, use that as a recruiting pitch to uh, get him to come to L.A. in a couple years. I mean, I can think of no better recruiting pitch than saying – Giannis, like Rob Palinka sits down with Giannis Antetokounmpo and just goes, we, we could tell you why we want you. We brought your brother here to tell you how great it is to win a championship as a Laker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have uh, instead of Pat Riley has all those stories about 
or the, all the stories of Pat Riley where he breaks out his championship rings um, as like a recruiting pitch. Mm-hmm. They can just have Costas bring, come with them to the meeting and tell him to bring the championship ring. Just be like, hey, look at your brother's finger over there. That's what. Just give him a nice fist bump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a well-timed fist bump. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for joining us in the chat. Always appreciate the comments and the questions. Love doing these after wins. It's so nice. It is so nice. Lakers are uh, 13 and three now in the postseason, which is pretty crazy uh, for a Western Conference team in this day and age when you don't have four Hall of Famers on your team, which I mean, I guess the Lakers do have three uh, if you include Dwight Howard, but uh not like in their prime, not four in their prime. Like we saw with the Warriors the year that they just ran through the Western Conference. So it's uh, it's been fun so far. Three more wins to go. We'll be back on Friday after game two, hopefully talking about a 2-0 series lead. Um, we also had somebody say go Reds. Uh, sorry to hmm. bring it up so soon. <laughs> They're still alive, still, still hope. But uh, your Lakers got it done today, so hopefully that makes you feel – a little bit better. Uh, Matt Vazine, if you're listening to this, because uh, I think you still need to listen to the last one, zone defense for cowards. Just wanted to let <laughs> you know that. <laughs> but as always, guys, we, we record these live after after these games on, on twitch.tv slash LakersOutsiders, uh, as well as YouTube. So subscribe to us there. Follow us on Twitch. Um, and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash LakersOutsiders. We'll be streaming there as well. And then, of course, I will edit these after the fact and throw them up on whatever podcast platform you can find them on apple Podcasts, Podbean, spotify they will be up there so um but yeah we're gonna get out of here uh so until next time with jacob rude this is gary kester and the lakers outsiders signing off shout out vladimir redmanovich <laughs>